The Cleveland Browns have agreed to determine free agent punter Corey Bajorquez filling a need the Browns absolutely need. Don't want to get into a bidding war with a punter in the draft. The Browns seem very, very focused on this rookie tight end class. Greg Dolchich from UCLA coming in for a top 30 official visit today. Brandon Cooks, Jadavian Clowney, if you could only have one, which one would you have? All of this and more on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate everybody who takes the time to make Lockdown Browns their first listen day in, day out. Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following, subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast. Leave those five-star ratings, written reviews. Today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Uh, Final Four, National Championship, recording a little bit before that. Uh, first week of Major League Baseball. Folks, You know, hopefully spring is in the air weather-wise and we'll cooperate in that respect. NFL Draft, 24 days away from today. Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith in the house. Your Browns news of the day, obviously still waiting in here, possibly on some other big dominoes. Um, but one thing put together, uh, put to bed rather, I don't want to get into a draft bidding war for one of two punters. The Browns have agreed to terms with free agent punter Corey Bajorquez. Um, I obviously, you know, everybody saw some of the clips today. Very, very big leg. Um, ability to, you know, pin the ball inside the 20. Uh, everybody's new favorite left-footed punter. Um, but, Pete, this is something that needed to be done. With the fact that it's a two-year deal makes me believe that this deal seems legitimate on its face, that the Browns are not going to use a draft asset on a punter. Um, you know, they'll give Bajorquez the summer to make it happen. If it doesn't, you know, go bring in another veteran. Um, it's not that, you know, some of the punters in this draft maybe don't have some appeal um, but if you're talking about spending anything other than a sixth or seventh round pick, which the Browns hold picks in the 200s, um, you know, I, I don't have any interest, especially where the Browns are limited with the amount of draft capital they have. Um, you know, as far as you know, what would consider premium picks, the Browns have four of the top 117, and then it's three picks in the 200s. So getting something established, so getting something handled here, Pete, the Browns have agreed to terms with punter Corey Bajorquez. Yeah, I, uh, I'm waiting to see what the contract looks like to determine what that move actually means. Um, if there's not any real money tied into this that's, that's guaranteed, um, the Browns could easily sign. And I expect them to do – expected them to bring in a punter and a kicker before the draft. Um, I don't think they want to be caught in a situation where they have to get one. Uh, but unless there's money locked up into this thing where they have to pay it out and it's going to hurt them to, to, to cut him, um, it wouldn't surprise me if there's like, you know, 
you know, 10, 20, $30,000 of guaranteed money or whatever, just in case uh, to, 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 to pay him for, you know, being here. But um, unless there's real money tied into it, if they see a punter, they like, I, I'm not, would not be surprised if they were to draft one. Um, it's like doing everything else. They, they want to sign guys so they don't have to make a move. Um, but if the right opportunity comes along, then they can they can adjust as necessary. Well, four picks in the top 117, and for now it looks like obviously the Browns are going to have needs to address those picks. The odds of a pick in the 200s making the roster certainly are lesser. Um, but, look, it's just something to get to bed. Obviously, you want to do OTAs. You want to have people within the building. Um, certainly, obviously, has a chance to turn people's you know heads, sway, uh, the attention of the coaching staff one way or the other, uh, you know, with a pre- preliminary look here now. Um, but, you know, get something done, get something in here, you know, one less thing, you know, to essentially worry about between now and the draft. You're going to get a firsthand look at them um, then make a decision, go from there. But, uh, you know, look for a team with an offense, um, you know, a lot of it will depend on, you know, how much availability Deshaun Watson actually has. Um, hopefully you're not, you know, punting is not going to be, you know, something that's major, majorly needed or something you're going to do a whole of a hell of a lot of. Uh, but either way, Browns put that together. Uh, Pete, uh, Greg Dolchich, UCLA tight end in the building today, uh, turned 22, March 26th. Um, Browns, um, an interest in tight ends. We've heard from players at Pro Days, Senior Bowl, Combine. The Browns are all over this tight end class. And it certainly – you know, gives off the, you know, appeal that, you know, they are, you know, going to bring another one in, you know, obviously happy with David Njoku um, with the franchise tag, obviously happy with, you know, happy with Harrison Bryant and the growth and development to this point as he heads into year three. Um, just because Deshaun Watson's here, I don't think they're going to stray from the course. They still like tight ends, still liking having them, um, obviously having ones that, you know, appear to be solid athletes that can contribute in the, in the you know, receiving game. Um, but a guy like Dulcich here, and he's highly regarded at the tight end position as far as this draft class, which is a very, very deep class at the tight end position. Um, and the Browns seem to be heavily into it, trying to basically do their due diligence on every single one of them. Well, I mean, look, the, the Browns moved on from Austin Hooper. They they still have to get their deal, long-term deal done with Njoku. They've got Harrison Bryant. Um, that's it right now. Um, they certainly have some other guys they can sign. Um, but it's not would not be a surprise to anyone if the Browns drafted tight end. It's a pretty good class. As far as Dulcich in particular, he's older than they've drafted to this point. Um, he's a, sort of an interesting situation that he is a former walk-on um, who sort of got good for UCLA. Um, he's a very smooth athlete. Um, he, his testing is not overly – impressive i don't think but uh he he's pretty good in terms of just moving around well on the field so um we'll see if the browns are sort of actually going to pull the trigger on 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 somebody who's sort of outside of what has been their sort of um, comfort level in terms of age Uh, but uh, you know tight end is one of those positions where you typically have to wait a little bit for them to develop anyway. So it, it's perhaps a little bit more understandable for them to want to get somebody who's older. And again, all this goes to the value that lens, but if they like um, 
what he brings. Maybe they think he can step in and play earlier than some, maybe some other would. Uh, other would. Um, so I mean, he's he's an option. There's a lot of there's a lot of them in this class. Uh, some people think he's going to go way earlier than I think he probably warrants. But um, if he's sitting there in that you know that late third round or the fourth round, you know, not unlike Harrison Bryant was, then I could see them pull the pull the trigger for somebody like him. I do have a question to ask here, though, Pete. Dolchich just turned 22 on March 26th. Harrison Bryant was 22 when the Browns drafted him. Are we sure that maybe you know his age is necessarily an issue? I have him 23 as of March 26th. He was born in 1999. I'm going to go one more time here, and I don't want to um, – because I actually did this earlier today. Um, and this is where, Pete, you know, obviously I know you were a little off the time on today. Um, well, uh, just a quick Google search of Greg Dolchich means has him turning 22 on March 26th with a birth date of 2020. So, uh, look, this is where if anybody saw, I had some errors on Dolchich on uh, social media today. Um, I Googled it because I we were under the impression, you know, we had spoke about this player before uh, that he was going to be 23. Quick Google search. He comes up as 22. Um, I'm going to assume after the combine and all of these things that this is maybe the more accurate number. Um, but there's a question. Um, but uh, the point remains, though, is that the Browns, obviously, to this point, uh, within the um, you know draft process, seem to be very heavily invested in doing all the research they possibly can on these tight ends. Um, so, you know, we'll see how this plays out. And, you know, uh, Greg Dolchich, uh, if you want to throw somebody out your uh, date of birth that'd be fantastic my man Logan Hawk, um, we're gonna get to a little bit more here uh, look we don't have an official on logan hall yet i don't know it's still no i've not seen anything where there's an official birth year all we know is he's born on april 22nd okay well in this case for anybody who's you know followed pete, pete and i in the past is if there's no clarification of it to this point it's probably something that maybe could be a concern. Let's see what the latest has, and we'll go real quick here. Logan Hall, University of Houston. You hit his Wikipedia, and we have uh, Pete. We have April 21st. As far as Wikipedia is concerned, April 1st, 2000, he will turn 22, The actually the week before the NFL draft starts. Let's see. I mean, you got to think now with the combine stuff official. Um, at some point, you probably had to give somebody ID. Um, so we'll see. But maybe, you know, so there we have that. Um, we're going to move on here. Um, obviously, a lot of talks here. I know everybody seems to be getting excited about the name of Brandon Cooks, I guess. Uh, we're going to break that down here a little bit. We're going to get to a uh, big NFL trade involving draft assets here. Pete Smith in the house. Jeff Lloyd, your latest Locked on Browns. Our next partner has a product that I began about a month ago to start taking every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because it's very difficult for me to sit down and say 9 o'clock is breakfast, 1 o'clock is lunch, dinner at 6, between work family, teenagers, and Ubering them around. It's very hard to control, you know, what I can get in my body in the time frame I, you know, 
could. Um, I was also looking for the fact I'm sluggish in the morning. Coffee, you know, it's just not doing enough anymore. Pete's going to throw in an old joke here. Um, but, you know, in all, with everything going on, obviously, the change of seasons, you worry about your immune system. Um, if you're actually going to sit down and take vitamins, you're talking 10 to 12 vitamins. Sometimes the stomach in the morning can't handle that. So a supplement that tastes great, just add with water, drink it down, and gets me through my day, powers me through now I've been on it for about five, six weeks, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It's kind of mild. It's got a little bit of a tropical taste to it. Um, but I'm actually looking forward to it, and I notice the difference. Uh, with this stuff, one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfuse, probiotics, and additive adaptions to help you start your day the correct way. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, of course, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and aging, all of these things certainly apply to me. Why do people personally consume it? What is it? Where does it take you? For me, like I just noticed the difference. I'm more alert in the morning. I am, you know, don't have to be reminded of things as much as I've already got it on my mind. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm trying to reach out here. My wife's actually going to go ahead and start on her spring break, so she breaks in a new routine. Just something at work and make it easier to get you through your day, manage, uh, you know, with all the stresses, work, children, all of those things, and just you know, getting yourself to the best mind and space to do all that. It is lifestyle healthy. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten, uh, contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting pretty good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product uh, alterations and a third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements and vitamins for yourself. You are investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletics Greens was created by the founder, experienced a ton of gut health issues, and ended up on a complicated supplemental routine to recover. It cost him almost $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an uh, optimal nutritional system, uh, routine, system and routine on his own. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and uh, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens, right now, if you're looking to get it, you can get it through athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. <clears throat> Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Pete, over the weekend here, it's become mentioned that Brandon Cooks of the Houston Texans appears to be healthy. I mean, he appears to be on the market, possibly on his way out of Houston. Um, Browns fans, I think maybe now are just trying, you know, basically just jumping all over 
uh, the fact that the Browns have been heavy in the trade market. Um, it's not an issue on Brandon Cooks, the player. There's one year remaining on his contract, I believe. Um, you look at a player like Jadavian Clowney, this could be, uh, you know, do you, would you prefer this? Would you prefer that? Uh, but it's getting to a point here, Pete, where if you were to make a move for Brandon Cooks, it could ultimately cost you the possibility of saving Jadavian, uh, signing Jadavian Clowney. Obviously, Baker Mayfield's money is a big factor in the current way the Browns are set up. It's not hampering them in doing any move, but it is still basically, you know, the pink elephant in the room, so to speak. Um, this team, Pete, is maybe missing two starting defensive tackles. It's missing a starting edge. These are all things that we can agree upon. Um, you know, you have 44, you have 78, you have 99, you have 117. Certainly a way to get another wide receiver in here on a much more team-friendly deal. Um, a lot of you folks don't think about the rollover cap, which the Browns would still love the ability to roll over some of this cap space, especially next year when Deshaun Watson's um, cap number spikes exponentially. Um, but Brandon Cooks or the possibility of a Jadavian Clowney, I mean, it, it's not a knock on Cooks the player, Pete, but it's just a question of you do have Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, you're maybe still you know, flirting with Jarvis Landry. Um, this team is not going to give up on Anthony Schwartz, a player, a, a top 100 draft choice that they invested in last season. And the fact that the defensive line right now is truly a spot that still needs to be addressed 24 days away from the NFL draft. Yeah, I'd be curious to know when the talking of the of, to Cooks uh, and the Texans is from, because it fe- at least feels like um, something that you would have done before you had Amari Cooper. Um, it doesn't feel like, and not to mention, even after Amari Cooper, even after Amari Cooper, you spent however long you spent talking with the Houston Texans. Um, you know, about Deshaun Watson, the name Brandon Cooks never came up. Yeah. Um, and so if you actually look at Cooks, he's a pretty good receiver who's had an unbelievably bad run with concussions. Um, so there's a heavy amount of risk with him um, for whatever he might offer you. So <laughs> it certainly doesn't hurt that the, the Browns, that, that his he's out there in terms of another name because all these are, are ways to sort of potentially uh, get put pressure on free agents to sign deals out of concern that maybe they're, they're, they're worried about uh, missing out. Um, but I, I'd be really surprised if that's recent um, in terms of, in terms of that trade talk, just because it doesn't really make much sense um, at the moment anyway. So, uh, who knows? But the the bottom line is the Browns have a whole lot to do, um, and they don't have you know they do have a good amount of money, but if they sign Clowney, they that's going to take probably about twelve thirteen million dollars, um, and then they'll have around nine million dollars left, um, with another seven point five million coming in June, so. You know that maybe maybe there's somebody that waits that long that you, I could see where a Landry type player would wait that long, or maybe <laughs> you take a another run at Seattle at that point to to bring in uh, a receiver from there. But um, they don't have you know a lot of space to do stuff. Um, it, it, 
if they do indeed get Clowney, because they still need defensive tackles. Um, they might want another safety. They might want more receiver help. So there's sort of – there's a lot of space there, but a lot of it seemingly is sort of spoken for. You know, difficult spot to be in, um, you know, with Baker Mayfield's money, the way it is tied up to this team right now. Um, certainly a situation, you know, they'd like to get out of and certainly get this resolved. You know, the sooner would be the better. Uh, not necessarily sure that that is, um, you know, feasible or, you know, that is something that they're going to be able to pull off um, at this point in time. Um, so it certainly leads to, you know, some issues with their um, as far as flexibility. And of course, they want to be able to, you know, obviously have some to roll over. Um, we've talked, you know, of course, you know, Denzel Ward, where does this go long term? Um, and, you know, it, it gets to, you know, be, you know, a little bit of a financial burden, one that they totally understood they were going to get themselves into. Um, if the facts, if the actuality of, you know, acquiring Deshaun Watson did happen, of course, which it did, um, put him in a point here now where finances do, you know, money's a little bit tight here. Um, and look, you know, there's ways to manipulate this. As far as, you know, the, you know, restructuring of contracts and the bonuses, um, the Browns have a lot of players on this team on rookie contracts. Can't do that. Um, you have two guards who make a lot of money, Batonio and, of course, Wyatt Teller. Those are new contracts. So you can't really touch that money yet. Um, they did what they did with Conklin to save themselves some money. I, 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 there's not really a lot of moves left here where they can go to somebody and work money into bonuses. And that being said here, um, I think the longer it goes, the better it works out for the Browns and Clowney as far as reaching that ultimate goal of getting together. Um, but then there is the defensive tackle position. And, you know, we've gone through this now, Pete. This is now week three. Um, you know, look, Taven Bryant, understand it was a, you know, basically, you know, gambling on athletics upside in a new situation. Maybe you can get more out of said player than the previous team did. Um, we'll see if it works out. Not sure it's going to. Um, but that's still a big gaping hole there. And there's some players that could work. Um, you know, I've reached out a little bit on Akeem Hicks. And, you know, some people have said, look, Akeem Hicks is maybe at that point in his career where it could be, you know, if it's not that big of a payday, is it time to go on um, and, and maybe, you know, go to the next chapter of your life. Um, but the one that sticks out to me, and it's still there, Pete, you know, Eddie Goldman. Um, and look, I, I don't want to do this for a fifth season, sixth season covering this team, Pete, where we say, where the hell are the defensive tackles? Well, you know, some of these people don't want to go to training camp. Um, and we basically want to show up uh, ready to go. Um, so you have some of that. And, and, and on some level, it's hard for me to get too mad about that on, on what is a 32-year-old uh, Akeem Hicks or potentially a 35-year-old Calais Campbell. Um, to me, that almost feels like you basically go, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you in August. Um, but you know, late you August, still <laughs> want to have those things done. You don't want to have to be worrying about that, that stuff. So, um, there's no question defensive tackle right now. The Browns are DFL in the NFL, uh, in terms of where they rank at defensive tackle. There's, I mean, they are worse than they were last year. So, they have a lot of work to do. So that's, you know, the clowny is obviously the biggest thing sort of hanging out there where you feel like, 
eventually this is going to get done one way or the other. But defensive tackle is the big one. There are many options, um, but it's just a question of timing. And and that may be sort of what's happening with this is, um, <coughs> again, how much of this is a, a nod, wink type situation. But are they basically saying to, to one of these guys, hey, we're going to, you know, June 1st, we're ready to go because we're going to have this other money that we're going to pay you. And right now we're trying to get these other things done. Difficult to say, but what we do know is that a lot of teams are running out of money uh, and the Browns still have a good amount of flexibility. So um, it's getting down to that point of, of, of being it's us or nobody. Uh, and, you know, the Browns are a little bit better than nobody in terms of what they can offer some of these teams potentially, you know, uh, if, if as long as they can get into the tournament, they become a pretty dangerous team <coughs> in the postseason. So <coughs> we'll see what happens, but, they, you know, it, it's frustrating because you want it just to be done, but at the same time, you sort of understand it because the Browns are pre-locked in on, on what they have to offer some of these guys numbers-wise, and they don't want to get overextended. Uh, so we sort of we wait to see when when guys sort of agree to numbers uh, to get these things dealt with. Uh, certainly, uh, certainly. Um, and look, you know, it, and this is one thing where. Maybe if you got Jadavian into the fold and, you know, he can talk to, you know, some of these guys who are older and say, look, man, they, 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 you know, they basically were flexible with me. You know, they understood the situation. You know, Jadavian's not there age-wise, certainly there um, as far as a player who's had limitations due to injuries over the years. Um, and the Browns put together a nice plan and were able to get, you know, basically the best out of Jadavian Clowney um, as far as they were concerned and certainly the best for Jadavian Clowney as far as he is concerned. Um just you know, things to think about. And look, you want to start getting this, you know, the closer we get to the draft, the you know, more nervous you kind of get about this stuff. You'd like to have as many, you know, basically ducks in a row um, handled before that. It, I mean, you put together um, something where, you know, you get Clowney back and you get in, you know, you know, a Hicks or a Goldman and you can at least say, Hey, you know, we've got a starting 22 um, and understanding the fact that our first selection is until pick 44, um, so, you know, and of course there is money that's got to be left over for signing a draft class. Um, but most of the time that money is tied up into first round picks, which the Browns do not possess. So, you know, their draft pool salary cap, uh, allocation, uh, allocation, is not going to be that big. Um, so anybody was bringing that up and I've seen a few tweets about that. That's not really a huge issue for the Browns currently the way the roster is constructed. Um, there was an NFL trade today with draft assets. Uh, we're going to get into that here with Pete. And this is something we had talked about uh, earlier in the draft process. This is way before when the Browns still held the first round selection. We're going to get to all that more. Your latest Lockdown Browns, Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith, along with your host, Jeff Lloyd. This is the time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I am sticking to the resolution to eat right thanks to Belt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolu resolution because I enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Bill Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar. They are a treat. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, yummy cinnamon churro. Coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be some of your new favorites. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bar with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 
calories. Go to built.com, scroll down the macros chart, you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most of the bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almonds, and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. And new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it will be delicious, and it'll certainly be good for you. At Bill Parr, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they seem to pull it off every single time. Go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bill.com. Pete, the Philadelphia Eagles and New England States uh, made a deal today. Um, the Eagles have given up one of their three first-round selections this year to acquire the Saints' first-round selection in the 2023 draft. The Saints now hold, I believe it is, 15 and 18. The Eagles still is 16 and 19. Some other parts moved in there. Um First, um, for the Eagles, for me, it thinks we're going to go with Jalen Hurts here in 2022. If we're not sold, we've got two first-round picks in the 2023 NFL draft where you maybe start to see players like Stroud, maybe start to see players like Bryce Hall. Um, For the Saints, uh, are you trying to get into the top 10 in this year's draft? If you are, what are you looking for? Um, you look at what this draft is deep in, you know, with the two selections they have. Are they, is Kenny Pickett somebody they're looking at? Um, they need a left tackle, obviously, as Teron Armstead has moved on, could always be in position for a wide receiver. Um, but a trade like this, Pete, seems really weird in its surface going down 24 days before the draft. Um, you know, this might be something a day before, two days before, even a couple of hours before round one kicks off. Seems like something's going on here, and you know, for New England, they have some sort of plan that they most likely want to address come round one Thursday night, April 28th. Uh, maybe. Uh, this is about the time that the Browns uh, and Eagles made that trade um, that ultimately helped the e- Eagles land Carson Wentz. Um, so it's not that unusual, um, but – uh, you know, I, I, I yeah, but that was also a top five pick. Sure, but I mean, still, you're you're still talking about, um, you know, timeline wise, is the same. You know, same with 49ers trading up to three um, to get getting a spot to take a to take a quarterback. I don't think the Saints are necessarily doing this to get up into the top. Anything to take a quarterback. I mean, stranger things have happened. Maybe they maybe they really like Malik Willis and they want to put him um, behind uh, what they have, or maybe they really like Kenny Pickett. I guess that's possible. But their roster is garbage. Like, and it's not because they don't have talent; it's because they don't have any financial flexibility. So I don't know that there's any real point in necessarily rushing to get a QB this year. Now, they may have decided that's the way they're going to go, but. Um, to get one that's cost controlled, but it's possible they just need dudes. Um, but you know, again, you, you did mention the timing, so there is reason to wonder why they would do this now. But for the Eagles, they're really good, um, at this, and Howie Roseman's a phenomenal executive. 
they've got picks forever, uh, flexibility all over the place. They can just keep adding more talent to their roster. Uh, they 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 tried to go after Russell Wilson and came up empty. Um, they can potentially be in a spot next year to get a quarterback if they want one. Um, but they just get to, you know, they just get to let the draft fall to them and just operate from that standpoint. And that's interesting because if you're a team with like multiple first round picks, uh, as they are, you're a team that suddenly stands out as maybe somebody that might want to take one of these guys who's coming back from an ACL or an Achilles or something along those lines, because you don't, you, you're going to get somebody that's going to contribute immediately unless they get hurt. Um, it's a little riskier, uh, at least from a PR standpoint, and, and being a bit like, hey, here's our first-round pick, and he can't play. I mean, if, at least if you have multiple, there's less of that feeling. Um, and the Eagles are a little bit, you know, sort of building for the now and for the future, so they have some flexibility from that standpoint. But they could just come out of this with um, just more good players, which is, you know, th- that's what the Eagles want to be. And they're they've – They've done some weird things with their cap, so they need picks to hit. They need rookie contracts to work out um, because they've kicked the can down the road a little bit, just like the Saints have. Uh, but I, you know, I have major questions about the Saints. It, it, in some ways, it feels like they're looking at the NFC and going, "Somebody's got to win this. Why not us?" Um, but the Eagles feel like they are in a better position to sort of. Contend in so far as contending means just getting into the playoffs, but also giving themselves strength to outlast the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the world uh, and some of those other in the Rams potentially, um, and being able to sort of get be be, be at the top of the of the uh, pile the next sort of little go around, whether that's in a year or in like three years. Uh, so basically, Pete, is what you're saying here is if you're the Saints, hey, we have Michael Thomas, we have Traquan Smith, we have Alvin Kamara, uh, we, we, you know, we have Jamison Winston back. Um, Jamison Williams will be nice to have here when he's ready to go. By the way, we have a shiny new left tackle to replace Teron Armstead. So something of that nature is where you're going here. I mean, they that that could be one option. I mean, I could see a situation where, uh, you know, they that I mean that's a good that's a good scenario for them. I think. Uh, but you could see the Eagles do the same thing where they take Jameson Williams with that second first round. If he's, if he's sitting there into that 20 range, um, I think it's 18 is their second pick um, where you've taken one player and now you can sort of wait to, to get another one. Um, so yeah, those are both good scenarios. At least if, if the saints do that, it makes more sense to me um, to do that. And then basically go, Hey, here's our first round pick. We just got him a year early uh, next year with Jameson Williams, hopefully healthy. Um, but yeah, it's tough to sort of get a sense of where the saints can really go, uh, just by virtue of all the problems they have. Quarterback is one of their issues. They have a lot of them. Uh, it's yeah. I, and the saints, it's weird because everything they're doing right now, seems like they have this premise where like, it's still Drew Brees playing at an optimal level and they have the ability to win 12, 13 games every year. I just don't see it. Um, and it's eventually going to come back. Uh, it's eventually going to come back where the Saints find themselves a lot lower in the pecking order of over NFL rankings than um, they truly think they are. 
Um, and of course, you know, uh, they started on this process before Tom Brady basically said, I'm coming back and called all the boys and said, no, nobody's going anywhere. You're all coming back to Tampa Bay. Um, so we'll see how the way it plays out. Um, you know, cause basically, you know, I think it's, you know, you know, uh, and you feel, I would think pretty confident in green Bay winning the North, pretty confident in Tampa Bay winning the South. The West is obviously going to be a dog fight, but you're going to get, if not two, three teams out of there. And then it's kind of, you know, well, you know, who is the, you know, the poor schmuck that you know played well enough to win the NFC East, um, and, you know, who's going to go face the big, bad AFC, essentially. Um, Pete, with the Deshaun Watson, you know, extension, guaranteed the money. Um, a lot of chatter about teams like the Chargers. A lot of chatter about the teams like Cincinnati, of course, with Joe Burrow. Chargers, of course, with Justin Herbert. In this position of, you know, agents, you know, guaranteed money. And this is things now where, you know, hey, you know, kind of where we're looking when we go this way. And these are franchises that just can't say, you know, oh, we have $194 million. And keep in mind, when it comes to Burrow, when it comes to Herbert, that number is going to be exponentially higher. Um, you know, where these teams don't have the position to just say, yeah, we have that kind of liquid and we can absolutely drop this into an escrow account. Um, so it's not so much that teams, you know, are – aggravated with the Browns, but they're going to have to find a way to satisfy what looked to be the, you know, the, you know, 10, 12 year signal callers for the franchises. Yeah. I mean, look, I've mentioned this before and I'm not sure how it works, but it seems like one option is to basically say, you know, the, the, your salary for 2023 is guaranteed like 20 minutes after the, the league year starts. And maybe that's a workaround that you don't have to necessarily put that money away. But if that, if that doesn't work, the answer is to just do shorter deals. Um, and, and I don't know if the Bengals or the Chargers are teams that can afford to do that either. But if they go, you know, when it comes up three years, 150 million guaranteed, if they can do that or they can get some sort of weird exception uh, for that, we'll see. But the Browns are, you know, they, they have enough at their disposal. They could do five years. Um, so that seems to be the way around it. And at that point, um, agents might be a little bit more willing to be fungible if they want longer deals. But I think realistically, that may be what everybody, you know, that may be what the quarterbacks and the agents want is to get basically three-year deals where it's all guaranteed and then they have the potential to cash in again. Um, now, that may be ultimately why the owners really hate this idea is because then you're going to have to do this over and over and over where, you know, theoretically in Joe Burrow's case, let's say he has a long, long career and he's on his fifth contract of having done this just by virtue of the fact that it's, you, you can go from his <laughs> to then four, three year contracts um, for all entirely guaranteed salaries. So that's, Probably the most realistic way this works. I think the the five years is what's sort of throwing people off. There are teams that just simply cannot do that. But if it's two years, if it's three years, um, that's probably more feasible. Um, and and they can sort of do that. And the NFL may have to come up with some weird language that allows teams to sort of um, come up with a way to get around it. But I, 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 I suspect that's the answer. Shorter deals. Um, which agents and quarterbacks are going to love. 
Oh, 100%. Um, you wonder if the NFL will step in here because you know there's going to be franchises that are going to cry about stuff like this, uh, similar to years where the poison pill was put into contracts, which basically was, and you know, the first example of this was when the Jets pried Curtis Martin away from the New England Patriots. Um, and it was something to the nature of if Curtis Martin plays 16 games um, in New England, in Foxborough, um, his contract is 100% guaranteed. Um, it was something the NFL stepped in, made it null and void. Um, but at the time, that was something New England couldn't agree to and allowed the Jets to scoop in and take them. Um, there's always, you know, looking to bend the rules and things of that nature. Um, I'm not sure where this truly applies to it because basically it's just a huge commitment from the Browns to Deshaun Watson. Um, but, you know, it's certainly, you know, going to be something that's looked at by every agent. It's certainly going to be looked something that's starting to be looked at upon, upon every player. Um, because we talk about this all the time is okay. Here's the contract. Yada, yada, yada. All right. Well, what's the actual nuts and bolts of the contract? Oh yeah. Okay. So that's beautiful on paper. It sounds really, really great. Um, but yeah, it's not even close to what, you know, the first reported, you know, contract signing was. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest, SI.com. Uh, check out everything Pete and the team are doing there. Uh, obviously, you know, cranking uh, content out day in, day out. Uh, closing in here on what is usually the biggest month of the NFL offseason, April. Uh, you know, the close sort of a free agency, the amp build up to the uh, what will be the 2022 NFL drafts, obviously in Las Vegas. Um, so obviously, you know, getting excited, but, you know, as content creators, this is, you know, this is basically one of the biggest months, if not the biggest month of the off season, as you get yourself ready till you get to about, you know, late July and August. So there is actual football to be talked about. Uh, make sure you're checking everything out. Of course, over at Brown's Digest on SI.com. Make sure you're uh, following, uh, Pete at underscore Pete Smith, underscore show itself at locked on Browns, follow back account me, uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, a lot of activity over the last couple of weeks for the podcast, uh, you know, the Twitter accounts. I appreciate everybody. Um, nothing's ever changed. Uh, you know, I, I know Pete's, you know, sentiments on this is we love this time of the year. Um, you know, the previous season for the Browns has nothing to do with it. We truly enjoy the roster building process, um, you know, between the draft, between free agency, between, you know, how the cap is handled, players that are brought in, players that are leaving, um, just something that we have always, you know, found, uh, you know, in enjoyment in, you know, and we continue with that, of course, um, you know, for all, everybody who makes lockdown Browns, their first listen day in, day out, cannot thank you enough. Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following, subscribe to the show, five-star ratings, written reviews, all that, you know, I, I just, again, I, I, I could not be a more appreciative for all of you for that. Uh, you guys make this show, uh, what it is again, people don't listen. It's not really a show. Um, you know, DMS again, feel free to jump in questions, ideas. Um, for the amount of time that you guys all spend here, I'm, you know, kind, yeah, I am certainly kind enough uh, to repay that generosity in spades. Um, with all that being said, we got to a lot here today. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pounds, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.